Well, hello. I am here to greet the people. And boy, am I thrilled to do so. <laughs> We're very delighted to be back with you here on Poncification, as per usual, again and again. I am Bruce Willis, and with me is the ever-spectacular... Dead Chase Nova. Dead Chase Nova. Mm. <laughs> the best thing since life, Chase Nova. I'm wondering whether perhaps you maybe picked the name Bruce Willis based on the topic that we'll be discussing today, Emma. Would that be correct? Is the topic that we're discussing the fact that Mike Pence is homeless? Because Mike Pence is homeless! Mike Pence is homeless! <laughs> I told you about laughing at the homeless. Even if they are Mike Pence, it's not fair. I mean, he's not that fucking homeless. He's staying in, like, a like a summer house that belongs to a governor. He's posh yeah, homeless, sure you know. That's a holiday for him. Anywhere I he mean, can be yeah. with his wife, but six feet away from her. Who, Karen? He's, he's on holiday. Yeah. Ah, Karen. She She's actually the OG Karen. I don't know if you're aware of that. I am, yeah. The, all the memes start. I gotta Karen say, I'm, I'm a fan of Karen. <laughs> I'm familiar her, with her work. <laughs> her skills at getting things that she was not entitled to off the service industry. Speaking of getting things that you're not entitled to, have we been sponsored this week? We have been sponsored, Emma. Bruce. And this week, Poncification is... Oh, Bruce. We have been sponsored this week, Bruce. <laughs> this week, Poncification is brought to you by the inevitable passage of time. Have you or a loved one ever noticed a wrinkle on your face? Maybe you wondered where that spot came from, or why your back hurts after leaving a chair. You have been visited by the inevitable passage of time. Known only to slow down when kissing a loved one or waiting in line for a bathroom, the inevitable passage of time is the one true certainty in this fleeting existence you call a career. The inevitable <laughs> passage of time... Don't clock it up. <laughs> Poncification is also brought to you by the Association of Anti-Grammar Nazis. You upset because Facebook posts get bad comments saying you talk not good? Maybe you angry because man on Twitter say you spell word wrong? Or sad because women reject you for spelling cum wrong? You join <laughs> us. We hate grammar Nazi and we fight for you. The Association of Anti-Grammar Nazis. They're there for their fair share. I... I want to find that as funny as I'm sure it is, but actually, fuck grammar Nazis. <clears throat> I'm, yeah, I'm on both sides of it. It's it's classist, stableist, racist bullshit. Don't make me argue any of those points because I can do so with all three. That's fair enough. Yep. Anyway, Pontification is, as always, brought to you by the sponsors. The sponsors appear on Pontification as both a comedic relief to whatever the subject matter may be and to trick listeners into believing that somebody is paying us to make this show. By lulling listeners into the false belief that we are being paid to do this, they feel more comfortable consuming the work we do every week and believing it has some form of value. The sponsors. This sponsor has been a lie. <laughs> Way to burst the fucking and bubble, finally, dude. Pontification is brought to you by The Geese. Honk, 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 mm -mm. honk, mm -mm. honk. The mm -mm. geese. Honk. <laughs> okay, first of all, why are you so good at that? Uh, I was raised by geese. Sorry, geese. I was raised by geese. <laughs> <laughs> While you're still on fine form, sir. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go ahead and tell my people? They're mine now. My people. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. Tell my fans, Chase, what we're going to talk about. Today, we're talking about boo ghosts. Boo ghosts. <laughs> we're talking about ghosts. I feel like you have a lot more to say about ghosts than I do because you've met ghosts. Um, uh, there's a ghost in my house. I have one ghost friend that I sort of bring up or invoke in conversation if someone accuses me of being anti-ghost. But that's as ghost as I get. <laughs> okay, Chase. Sorry, can we just not air into this? Like, some of my best friends are ghosts. I'm not having this kind of talk on, on the podcast. Look, I'm not saying I'm anti-ghost. I'm just saying that, like, I have a ghost friend. I don't feel the need to have more. I'm happy with my ghost friend. I am... Far too woke policey to make the obvious joke about lives mattering. So let's move <laughs> swiftly along. By all means, what are your feelings on ghosts, Emma? 
Um, I mean, I don't have time to lay out all my religious and spiritual beliefs on a podcast. But do I think that there's a lady at the top of the stairs who wants to kill me? No, I don't. Do I think that your granny is wandering around looking for her crossword book? No, I don't. Do I think there could be some sort of like a memory or a a vague hint of the idea of someone just, you know, lost in the air? I don't know. That part, I'm like, maybe. I've I've been stuck on that belief for quite some time, which is that like, I don't believe in an afterlife. And I realise so many people do in some shape or form. I kind of just believe in the multiple facets of mental illness that exist in our society. <laughs> and, and frankly, I just think, I honestly think that. I think that that's what people manifest the idea of ghosts as. They, they were really, our human brains are really good at looking for patterns and that's what they do. And when there's inexplicable forces and someone's recently died, they just go, ah, it's a ghost. You're going to love our first segment. Give us the first segment, so. Our first segment is, why do people believe in ghosts? Drugs. Mental illness. It's Bad horrible. marriage. Stop interrupting. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Hungry. Um, okay, so there are lots of reasons why people believe in ghosts, but most psychologists seem to agree that it's one or a combination of the following. Brain damage. Epilepsy. Don't laugh. It's a tiny bit funny. It's not funny for people... People having brain damage is not funny, but... Do you know what it is? It's let, funny let's if, cut you, it out. if you picture this as, a, as like a... Um, what would you call it? A, a conference of occult believers. <laughs> and a psychologist says, yes. the main reason that people believe in ghosts is... Then it's brain funny. damage. Yeah, then it's funny. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not making fun of brain damage. We're making fun of... People who believe in ghosts, ghosts? who have brain damage? Is that fair? Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So there's brain damage. Uh-huh. Um, there's epilepsy, mm-hmm. which I don't think even you will make fun of. Like, that's very serious. Yeah. Um, there's also your brain struggling to recreate the contours of the human face when it isn't given sufficient information to work off of. And that includes your own face. Hmm. So one of the most common, like, supposed ghost sightings is people say that they look in a mirror and instead of their own reflection, they see someone else, often an older person. And most of the time when people say that this has happened, it has happened during the night or in low light conditions uh-huh. because your brain is not good at just making up a face. So if your brain doesn't have all of the information, it just it just does some crazy backflips, fills in some information at basically random Mm-hmm. does its best and comes up with monstrous gibberish. Yeah, the the thing they didn't mention in the article about my ghost sighting is that I was actually accidentally in the woman's bathroom at the bingo hall. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it appeared to be behind me. I say was this during a deleted scene from Father Ted? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I don't think I was. I was alive when Father Ted was made. I was a bit, a bit of a kid shall we say. Bit of a bit too young to be seen ghosts. Yeah. Or to be a ghost, in fact. Or to be a ghost. Um, no, no. Shane okay. McKinney proved that wrong. <laughs> oh, oh. Why did I laugh? Because <laughs> it was funny. Why Come else would people believe children. in ghosts? Moving along. <clears throat> um, another one that psychologists are like, yep, yeah, that makes sense, is exhaustion. Okay. Yeah. There's also drugs, including alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, schizophrenia is way up there on the list and a a ton of other mental illnesses or forms of insanity and things like that that I'm not qualified to start dissecting on a podcast that is just made up it's just made up Um, so there's a lot of reasons which I think on the surface seem pretty obvious but what I found really interesting was this belief in the supernatural has often been found to be a shield that someone's mind creates to protect itself from the harsh reality of reality. The chaos of an indifferent and cold universe. Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the fact that your brain, much and all as it is bad at creating a face out of nothing or limited information at least, 
loves anthropomorphism. Like, that's why furries are. Because humans are naturally inclined towards anthropomorphism. I don't know why, but for some reason, when you say why furries are, I feel it should be, that's why our furries. That's why our furries. <laughs> it's, it's not grammatically correct, but it just feels more correct given the subject matter. This is worse than, well then, how lesbians? <laughs> We've always wondered how lesbians. I mean, how I do haven't. Lesbians? I did for several years, but then I found out. <laughs> I asked how are lesbians, and the answer was decidedly pretty happy, actually. In my experience, yeah, they seem to be doing fine. I would have said so. I think so. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, so when you see something that you know that you can't explain or that you don't understand, your brain just tries its best to see it as human-shaped where possible, because that's easier to digest, so to speak. Though I do not recommend eating ghosts. That should be reserved for emergencies and for pack men. There is a film specifically about that, eating ghosts, called Extraordinary, that's on Netflix, it's an Irish film, and it's excellent. Yet again. Noted. Eating ghosts. It noted something like, you know, have you ever had bad dreams after eating cheese? You may have eaten a ghost. (laughs) You've just reminded me of that book, Confessions of a GP. It's an NHS GP, and he lists out some of the ridiculous presenting complaints, and one of them is, Dr. Help, my vagina is haunted. (laughs) It's also a Frankie Boyle joke that got him into the trouble, because he said it about the Queen's vagina. (laughs) Oh, I mean, if there was ever a vagina that would be haunted. Um, Yeah, I think he mentioned something about bats as well, which was probably cruel. Oh, Oh, Frankie Boyle. Yeah, bit of a step too far. He's he he's 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 a, he's a naughty wee skipper. <laughs> he's a bit of a rogue. Now, so do do you want to hear more about haunted vagina? Um, <laughs> uh, hang on, is this the subject matter or the punk band? Just say yes. I have another segment. They're gonna Go keep coming this week. <laughs> um, yeah, haunted vagina, or rather, ghost marriage. Now, ghost marriage, I think, like a lot of things that we've discussed on here, I think is probably pretty hard to define. So I consulted, I didn't, I read on the internet, um, Lucas J. Schwartz of the University of Nebraska's Department of Anthropology wrote, Ghost marriage tends to contradict almost every definition of the term marriage that anthropologists have proposed. Ghost marriage does not involve a socially approved union between two people, nor does it involve a socially approved sexual union. And I happen to know that there is a woman in Belfast who may disagree. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. One Amanda Large Teague sat meditating one relatively normal day when she was, she claims, interrupted by the ghost of a 300-year-old Haitian pirate. Obviously, she asked him to leave so she could get back to her meditation. And he did, which was nice of him. But he continued to repeatedly visit her. So eventually she decided to start communicating with him properly and on a full-time basis. Does does he have a name? Does he give it a name? He does have a name. What's What's the name of the Haitian pirate? I'm actually, I'm going to quote the Washington Post for a second because their phrasing tickled me. Okay. She became convinced that he was Jack Teague, who she later claimed had inspired the character of Captain Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, though experts challenged these as her... (laughs) Sorry. Though experts challenged these assertions... I can see why, because one, Jack is not a particularly Haitian name, is right? it? Nor is Teague, for also, that matter. Like, Teague's quite a... I mean, I'm probably wrong, do interrupt me, but Jack doesn't feel like a 300-year-old name. Uh, oh, I'm sure there was Jacks. It might be the Tiffany effect, but... Mm. <clears throat> Jack is an old enough name, I would have said. There's plenty of Jacks in the, in the UK in the 1700s, so presumably there was Jacks around. Okay, but in Haiti... Again, that's the part I'm sort of disagreeing with. It's, yeah. it's very unusual to meet someone from Haiti named Jack. Yeah, I, I found it surprising. So... Do you think his name could be Jacques and he's like furious his wife keeps <laughs> telling it wrong? 
I didn't, but from now on, that's how I'm going to visualize this. Okay, cool. so in 2016, Amanda and Jacques got married. <laughs> and I know that you want to bring up sex. I want to bring up sex too. It's all we do. So I'm just going to, in before, yes, she does claim to have had sex with him. And she says mm-hmm. that it's much the same as having sex with an alive person. I think I can offer a scientific explanation for this. Okay. <clears throat> you know the way sometimes you sleep on your side? Yeah. I think she slept on her hand for a little <laughs> bit too long. And you, I think you can take it from there. Is, is there a term for that that you're aware of? Well, it was called the stranger, but now it's the ghost, apparently. <laughs> now it's the Haitian pirate. <laughs> I, I find this really surprising because I've always heard of it referred to as a ghost wank. Really? Yeah. I've heard of it called the, the, the stranger or in some, in some circles, the howdy stranger, which I'm quite <laughs> fond of. That's actually, it sounds like something charming, but it isn't. There's something quite nice about the idea of like, oh, hello, stranger. <laughs> As if you're, you know, I think you're going the wrong way with it. I think you need like a little bit of Ned Flanders. Like, you know, howdy, stranger. <laughs> How did he do, stranger, you know? <laughs> That's I, a Natalie yeah, no-no th- neighbor, you know. <laughs> okay, when she says it's quite like having sex with a live man, one, can we be sure she's done that? And, and two... Can we be sure that if she did do that, it wasn't a live man? Because I imagine ghosts are quite cold. Well, I mean, the jury seems to be out on the temperature of a ghost. Though many paranormal fans, yeah, they use thermal imaging and they claim that cold spots on the camera, that's where a ghost Mm -hmm. is hanging out, I suppose. But Does that mean that if you fart, you can cover up a ghost <laughs> on the thermal imaging camera? Does that mean that if you keep a ghost around, you can cover up your farts? Because my Walkman is oh. not working. <laughs> yeah, you've to, you've to not have the headphones in, Emma. That's the problem. Otherwise, other people will hear oh, it Oh, my too. Walkman doesn't have its own speaker. <laughs> but you know what? Forget <laughs> the whole thing. Okay, so anyway. Sure. Moving on mm-hmm. with the, the intrepid tale of Amanda and Jack, star-crossed lovers, separated by time. As if this plot weren't thick enough, she then went ahead and divorced him. Oh, okay. How does that work? And she also went through a depossession ritual. I think it works like a regular divorce, as far as I understand. But her yeah, but reason... What's half of a ghost? <laughs> I, I took half he of a ghost at the festival once, actually, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I love this episode. <laughs> it was a blue ghost, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> the best kind. Everyone knows. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Mm. Now, stop interrupting me and stop making me laugh. Sorry. It's not supposed to be funny, Chase. It's a podcast. <laughs> About ghost sex. Yeah, not funny at all. Carry on. <laughs> her reason for divorce was that the pirate ghost had possessed her and was draining her life force and making her sick. So she entered into a marriage with a ghost, but then got upset when she found herself to be possessed by a ghost. Or also, like, just the idea of, like, you know, I don't even feel alive anymore. I'm like, yeah, you've been hanging out with dead people. The whole thing is wild, but okay, hang on. Before we before we go to town and really, really take the piss out of this woman, I need to tell you why you can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to spoil all your fun. Um, so Amanda mm-hmm. herself says that she came to the world of spirituality and the paranormal after her son died in infancy in 2010. Okay. And I've seen anthropologists and psychologists alike online say that it's very likely she may have developed a sort of dissociation following the trauma of losing her baby son. And like that makes sense to me, but also I don't think I'd fuck a ghost about it. Okay, one, that's horrible. Two, can we please make a phrase out of that? <laughs> Just because... It like nearly never fucked your mother. I wouldn't fuck no, ghosts. No, 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 not like that. Like you know, yeah, it's like you know, I'm not here to fuck ghosts. You know, I'm here to. Do you want a pint? It's like, well, I'm not here to fuck ghosts. 
Oh, yeah. We're just insults. Yeah, we can oh, have go that. fuck a ghost, Emma. Like, look out. Get in touch with either good or bad emails for your I'm not fucking ghosts t-shirt. <laughs> oh my god, Chase, <laughs> I'm not fucking ghosts condoms that glow in the dark. And they can have those like sort of Pac-Man like riffled ends on them. I was gonna say they could have arms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. moving on. Moving on. So ghost marriage. Ghost marriage, it's it's a wild thing to consider. Like, okay, just really quick, truth time, we're friends. Would you marry a ghost? You don't have to fuck him. Um, I don't know. Depends on the ghost. I've always said that. That seems... But everything. Yeah. Would I marry anything? Depends on the anything. <laughs> so like a horse, maybe. A Capri we'll Spar, not Turkish Delight. Oh, God, no. Maybe a mint yeah, crisp, though. Uh, do a mint crisp. Love a golden crisp. Love a crunchy. Like if uh, Kian ever became a ghost, I would really think about getting it on with a chocolate bar. <clears throat> I don't know about getting it on with one. <laughs> we were talking about marriage a second ago. You specifically clarified that you didn't have to fuck it, but thank you for being so forthcoming with that particular set of information about you, Emma. I just want to address that we've done dolphin sex. We've done ghost sex. We've done what other kind of sex do we talk about on here? Not that much other sex I would have talked about. Oh, alien sex. Bit of like... uh, We haven't released that episode yet. (laughs) (laughs) As far as you know, Chase. (laughs) You don't know when this comes out. Oh, what if by the time this comes out, Mike Pence has found a home? (laughs) It's going to ruin the whole flow. Frankly, I don't want to think about it. It's too depressing. (laughs) What became of Amanda and Jacques? They got divorced. I just told you, like, they're not in love anymore. I I get that. Here's what I find kind of sus, though. We've heard a lot of her side of the story, but I I don't know of anyone reaching out to Jack Teague for comment of being like, how did you feel? Do you still love her? Do you want her back? Was it consensual? I suppose this is the thing about, like, and this is maybe goes back to the masculinity thing we were talking about last week, is that, like, because Jacques is essentially immortal, he's got all of eternity to play the field. Why would he want Amanda back? Especially because she seemed to be quite cruel to him, all things considered. I mean, I'm not sure that she was. It's Again, I feel like there's two sides to this divorce, like every divorce. No, there isn't. She didn't marry a ghost. There's not two sides. There is one side to this story. (laughs) She claims that he was draining her life force and making her very sick. We can't expect her to stay in that marriage. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I... Let's just just move on to more solid ground. (laughs) Let's, Let's please do that. So, yeah, no, I do find ghost marriage really interesting. So I had a look at ghost marriage and how it works in different cultures because obviously it's not really a thing where we're from so we probably don't have perfect perspective Mm -mm. nope um so in japan i'm gonna start with japan because they do it differently in japan ghost marriage works a bit differently to how it works in other cultures because it's just to appease the ghost Like, it's kind of a restless spirit situation, unfinished business, that kind of thing. It isn't done for land or inheritance or for family reasons or whatever. It is so your loved one can find peace. And because it isn't important who the ghost marries, they marry a doll. Just a doll. And you can buy these dolls online, but you can also buy them in big shops, like the Japanese equivalent to Tesco. As someone who has seen Child's Play and all the Chucky <laughs> films at least five times, this is not fucking safe. <laughs> oh, they've been doing I don't it for a long time. I think they know what's up. And the amount of unexplained deaths in the world are? I, I, I blame this. I mean, you'd have to ask how many, death, how many unexplained deaths even have there been in Japan. Because they do it differently. So they're called bride dolls. You can you can get them all over the place. Like you can pick one up for the like twenty US dollars. They're not fancy. Is that or doll a widow then? No, the doll is married to, to the a ghost. ghost. Yeah, 
but does that mean that the doll is technically a widow? No, Chase. The doll is married to the ghost. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I didn't realise I was picking <laughs> holes in this. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, in my opinion, a doll marrying a ghost is kind of just a harmless religious quirk, you know? Unless you've Like, we're from it. a culture where we manhandled the dead out of love. I don't know that I manhandled the dead purposefully out of love. Have you never gone to a wake and had a little rub of the dead person's hands? Just to say bye? No. Okay, well, it's a pretty normal thing to do. Most of the funerals I've been to have been for very old people, thankfully, so they normally do a closed casket. Really? Yeah. I've been to elderly funerals. You know what? Doesn't matter. Moving on. What's important is manhandling the dead. So, um, the newer and at what I'm definitely saying both of those wrong and there's nothing I can do about that people of South Sudan it's mostly about cows now there are differences between those two cultures but the core of the thing seems to be the same what they have in common is if a man dies his herd of cows goes to his son Okay. and if he dies without having had a son then his herd of cows goes into the care of his brother on the condition that the brother uses it as a bride price in order to procure a wife for the ghost. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, in that situation where the brother takes care of the, the cows and then they use it at a bride price and the ghost and the bride split up, would they split up based on irreconcilable differences? <laughs> it's your worst pun ever. I'm particularly proud of that one, actually. You know when a child falls and they cry just from the shock? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a laugh, but just of surprise. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, people said Sudan. That's, yeah, okay. okay. Now, a little bit misogynistic, yeah, but whatever. But there's a catch. What's the catch is that any sons who the wife would give birth to at any point after marrying her husband, the ghost, those would be the ghost's children. Legally? And they would take his name and carry on his cattle. Yeah, I believe so. But hang on, does that mean, is this all predicated on the fact that this woman, wife of ghost, is going to go play the field afterwards, for lack of a better pun? Okay, so actually, um, those children, the ghost's sons, they're actually viewed kind of poorly by, by their communities and by their societies, and they're kind of regarded as orphans. Right. Though I don't think she's a widow. I think they're orphans, but she's married to the ghost, and the ghost is dead. I think. I think. It's, it's a f- I'd, I'd love to have been at the town planning meeting where they put that one together. <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, like, bear with me. Sure. <laughs> As I'm sure you could imagine, it was something of a challenge to pull up solid Factual information about ghost marriage. Oh, that reminds me. What does a ghost cow say? Boo. Moo. How did you not put that one together? That's what an alive cow says. It's also what a ghost cow says. Why would they speak any differently? They're still cows. (laughs) Come on, Emma, get your head out of your ass. That was a simple leap of logic. (laughs) Now, first of all, Compliment me on having found not only ghost marrying dolls, but also ghost marrying people. Yeah, and te- also you managed to find like ghost cowries. Oh my god, cow dairy. Perfect. <laughs> cowries! Told you I'd make, yeah. make a good one with the animals. Um, now, uh, I think the obvious question here is <clears throat> How does this relate why to don't the ghosts? Why don't the ghosts just marry other ghosts? Uh. Oh, pretty hard to find a priest who's got um, uh, unfinished business to to say the ceremony, I imagine. Unless you live in China, where it is very common for one ghost to marry another ghost. So common is this indeed that there are ghost marriage brokers working in Cantonese Singapore who can turn a relationship around so quickly that the death rites and marriage rites are sometimes conducted together in a single ceremony. And they do it to get grandsons for their dead sons. They do it because the son's ghost would adopt the ghost wife's living children. In some cases, a lot of it is about getting grandchildren continuing your family. 
um, they also do it so that a younger brother can get married, even if his older brother died unmarried, without therefore getting haunted by the older brother. Okay. You with me? Semi, to be honest, I'm not sure if I actually caught this episode of Game of Thrones when it was on. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I thought. It's, I it's a little bit like that, but isn't it? But then yeah. it got really dark. Okay. Because apparently there have been a good few reported cases of women being murdered in order for their ghosts to be sold as brides. Oh my God, fuck me. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I've just realised every segment has ended with, and here's why you can't laugh at this. I also like how you've waited for me to make all of the jokes before you get to that point, which is always very kind of you. I go out of my way to write it into the end. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get twittered again, haven't I? Bad emails. Okay, do you want something something lighter that doesn't involve quite so much? Gimme give gimme give something a bit death? more fun. Yeah. Well no, death okay. is fine. Death is funny. Well, I mean death I guess is a lot of the point. Not so much like murder though. No. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, this does involve murder, but light murder. Light murder. <laughs> Someone left a banana so, peel suspiciously. That kind of sort of lighthearted exactly, murder. Exactly, yeah, that okay. type of thing. The most haunted place on earth is awfully. No, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I realised that it seems like an incredibly bold fucking claim to call Offaly the most haunted place on earth, and I agree with you. It's ridiculous. I've been to uh-huh. Offaly. It just uh-huh. it just isn't that way. But Dublin-based Ghostbuster... Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Dublin-based paranormal investigator Tim <laughs> Kelly said last year, over the years, we've conducted hundreds and hundreds of paranormal investigations and there's something about Offaly, particularly the energy around the haunted triangle, <laughs> which I have heard goes jingle jangle. Do you know, it was actually, <laughs> it was actually originally the haunted square until one side mysteriously <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> A long-lost cousin of the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> you know the triangles. Everyone knows family. the Bermuda Triangle is actually a rhombus. <laughs> okay. The Haunted Triangle is none of those things. It's not a rhombus. It's not a square. It is a trio of castles. Okay. Kinnity Castle, Leap Castle, and Charleville Castle, which are well-known among supernatural fans for being super-duper haunted. And we've all heard of Wicklow Jail being haunted as heck and Spike Island being super spooky. And Loftus Hall is actually just up the road from us. It's quite close. So I'm especially fond and protective, so watch your mouth, of that one. But I dug in and I found out that Leap Castle is widely considered to be the most haunted castle in the world. People report visions of the Red Lady. Maybe a nice lady. I don't know her. She roams the halls holding a dagger of some kind, which makes me apprehensive. Is that what inspired Chris to Berg? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. He, he went on his holidays and didn't have a lady good time. Lady <laughs> in red. <laughs> it's also home to the Blood Chapel. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is seemingly the place where Tyge O'Connell successfully murdered his brother Thaddeus O'Connell because they each wanted to inherit their recently deceased father's chiefdom. And at that point, I was like, you know what? At least Thaddeus is a good ghost name. I'm just, think, I'm just thinking it was probably just because, like, you know, it's like, oh, mom gave me the stupider name. No, mom gave <laughs> me the stupider name. I think Tyge is a fine name, Tyg to be fair. Let's Tyg- not compare it to Thaddeus. Tyge is fine. Thaddeus is a bit is a bit pretentious because it's just, like, Thad it's sounds like the sort of medieval version of Chad, doesn't it? It kind of does, which is ironic because Thaddeus was a priest. Oh, wonderful. So I don't think he was, you know. <laughs> Thaddeus is a good name for a priest. If I was ordering an exorcism, I would like Father Thaddeus to come up to the house. That'd be good. Okay, but you know he is a ghost. Like, he's not going to exercise his own kind, Chase. We don't know. Uh, Slimer in the it's Ghostbusters didn't ghost. like the other ghosts. Great example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a ton of these, like, ooh, ghost stories that come out of Leap Castle, but they're all disappointingly tame. And yet people flock, 
cash in hand to do tours and sleepovers and to shoot paranormal TV shows. And I'm awfully sorry. But I don't buy it. <coughs> I'm not having it. I'm not allowing Offaly to be the spookiest place on earth. Well, that's good because 100% it isn't. And that's because I found what is probably the spookiest place on earth. With some help from my good friend Kiara, or Kira, as she's known to her friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear, does she prefer Kira? Yeah, Kira would be the correct answer. Okay, okay, noted. No, I I told Kira we were doing ghosts and Kira immediately was like, you have to talk about the Knickerbocker Hotel in New York. And then I looked up the Knickerbocker Hotel in New York and there was nothing about ghosts. And then I found this, <laughs> and then I found this place called the Knickerbocker Hotel in Pennsylvania. And there was loads of things right. about ghosts, but none of the things that she was telling me about. And then I called her again and found out she meant the Knickerbocker Hotel in Hollywood, Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? At this point, I'm going back to Kiara. Really? I like Kira. Mm, in this life, you have to earn your name, Chase. I'd rather not get into how hair and mine. <laughs> anyway, the, the Knickerbocker Hotel is in Hollywood. Um, it's located at 1714 Ivor Avenue, and it opened in June 1929. It catered to a lot of Hollywood's blossoming film industry. Um, in its early years, Rudolph Valentino, the silent film star, was said to have spent much time there, um, especially during the last year of his life, and he would regularly be seen lounging around the lobby and dancing the tango in the bar. The hotel also hosted Dick Powell, Betty Davis, Mae West, and Frank Sinatra. Dick Powell. Actor. No, go on. I was just enjoying the way his name felt in my mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You you like how Dick feels in your mouth? You know I do. Wonderful. I don't know that you do. Let's just put that right to bed right now. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Yeah, no. You've heard. (laughs) But then again, everyone has. Um, it, it retained its glamour through the 1950s, and Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio often met in the hotel bar during their um, very famous affair. Elvis Presley stayed at the hotel in room 1016 while making his first film, Love Me Tender, in 1956. And for many years, it was the residence of actor William Frawley. Lyle and Hardy stayed in room 205, and Graham Nash lived there in 1968. So, mm. a whole host okay, of... So far, this place sounds really fancy and not haunted. Proper swanky, very proper swanky. Um, But the glamorous events were also mixed with the tragic and bizarre. Here's a list of some of the events that occurred at the Knickerbocker. Um, So how much do you know about Harry Houdini? Medium. He he died from stomach injury, but up until then he did magic? Uh, Illusions. That's actually very little. He didn't like the term of, um, he didn't like the term magic. He would often go with illusions. He was very much about demonstrating the practical effects that, say, spiritualists were doing to dupe their customers. Um, and he Okay, so he was a professional liar, and then he died. Professional skeptic, I would say. Like Penn and Teller. A little bit like Penn and Teller, actually, very much. I'd say they were hugely okay. influenced by him. Um, so we had this huge... I feel like I should have learned more about Harry Houdini. Uh, well, you'll hear a little bit now. There's a lovely film about him with Adrian Brody that's very good. Um, but for ten years after he died, Harry Houdini's widow, Bess, used to hold seances on the roof of the hotel in an effort to contact her departed husband. Um, the tenth attempt was on Halloween 1936, and it's said the attempts were never successful, which comes to no surprise. Houdini was a magician, and he frowned on the mystical and occult, and it's not likely he would be more inclined to embrace them in the afterlife than he was previously. Uh, but Bessadini had long been practicing seances before the Knickerbocker, but she did hold the final attempt at the Knickerbocker and released the LP of audio from the event as well, which was actually a smash hit. People were very happy to hear the seance and just hear what was going on. <clears throat> so it's long been thought that Harry had instructed Bess a secret code that if ever there was an afterlife, he would come back and say to her and then she'd know that it was real. So she spent probably 15 years going to different spiritualists um, saying that, you know, I have a code and they'll contact him and then they'll say something back and then I'll know. And just proving them all wrong, doing Harry's work from beyond the grave, essentially, of proving these spiritualists to be false. Oh, that's cool. She also offered a $10,000 reward to anyone who could actually contact someone, which was pretty cool. Um, that is very cool. So it's long been thought that he had the secret code. It was speculated that it was the lyrics to Rosa Bell, which was a song that was inscribed on the wedding ring that Bess had, uh, or Bess was given. Um, others believe it was actually Come Skeeter, 
which was a phrase regarding a cat that the couple had owned. There's actually there's actually very much a whole other podcast in the story of Houdini and the seances because there was later um, what was deemed a successful one that best signed off on by a spiritualist pastor, but she later recanted her testimony and ruined the spiritualist career, having him ejected from the spiritualist uh, union. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, the what? There's a union of spiritualists. There was at the time. I'm not sure there is anymore. There might be. I, I, I don't know what to do with that information. I'm always in favour of unions. This one I'm sceptical of. <laughs> just for that <laughs> just for that point of view. So there's one Fair. there's one cool haunted thing to happen in Knickerbocker. That puts it at, what, so three to one Offaly versus the Knickerbocker Hotel? Uh, to be fair, I have never put my money on Offaly. <laughs> this or anything else. It's Offaly. They're inland. Ah, they could possibly take the hurling at some stage. I've seen them try. <laughs> Fair enough. On January 13th, the talented and successful actress Frances Farmer was arrested in her room at the hotel after failing to visit her probation officer when scheduled. She was reportedly spitting and screaming when they dragged her from her room and on such minor predication. The probation was due to a minor auto-related ticket. But affairs quickly spiralled out of control and Farmer ended up under involuntary commitment in a mental institution where she was subjected to barbaric and inhumane treatments, including insulin shock therapy, ice baths, being chained a majority of the time, and allegedly raped by doctors and orderlies and given a lobotomy. Oh, God, that's horrible. <clears throat> really horrible. Seeing her almost overnight transition from being a successful actress with Paramount Pictures and on Broadway, and then suddenly living out the remaining portion of her life being tortured in the name of treatment, we're often left to speculate who wanted to have Frances Farmer removed from the picture. A lot of people thought she had ties to the mafia or may have witnessed something. Um, but her figure has reportedly been seen roaming the hotel halls, still with a lobotomy scar on her head, further fueling speculation of the Knickerbocker's spiritual energies. Okay, I'm not going to take the piss out of someone who was hauled away into an institution and badly, badly mistreated. Mm-hmm. But, again, do we think that this is the human brain's trend towards anthropomorphism? Is it like when people see the Virgin Mary in a slice of toast? It's like... The Virgin Mary isn't in your toast. You're just associating the next nearest shape that you know. I I think I stand quite wholeheartedly by the fact that I don't believe in ghosts. I think people may have seen a figure there, but it could also be the work of pranks. What was interesting about this one is that, like, it was not particularly well known about the lobotomy scar, and yet someone reported seeing a female figure with a lobotomy scar. Now, whatever the reason... Could have been a trick of the light, could have been anthropomorphism, yep. could have been dark room, anything like that. But that part was yep. interesting to me at the least. Um, <clears throat> uh, so July 23rd, 1948, filmmaker D.W. Griffith died of a cerebral hemorrhage after being discovered unconscious in the lobby of the hotel. Uh, in 1962, celebrated Hollywood costume designer Irene Lenz committed suicide by jumping from her 11th floor room window, uh, which at the time was actually a skyscraper. There was an 11 floor limit on buildings in Hollywood at that time. It's now up to like 30 or something. No way. Um, soft land, California. Um, Interesting. March 3rd, 1966, actor William Frawley, who lived there, was strolling down Hollywood Boulevard when he suffered a heart attack. His nurse dragged him to the hotel where he died in the lobby. Frawley had lived in the Knickerbocker for 30 years, but had moved out a few months prior to his death in the lobby. He's often seen as well, hanging out in the lounge, just having a drink, according to a lot of patrons. Hang on, is it a coincidence like he was in the neighbourhood so they needed to get him indoors? Or was his nurse like, he loved the Knickerbocker, we'll drag him 50 blocks? Uh, it seemed like he was like just down the road. That seems to be the thing. He was outside the hotel walking okay, by. Good. And, and then they were like, hey, let's get him indoors because it's, I don't know, maybe it was snowing. It wasn't snowing in LA. What am it, I talking about? It was not snowing. <laughs> could have been raining. Maybe it was heat waving. Could have been heat waving, could have been raining, anything. They got him inside. All sorts of, also, maybe he had just collapsed on the street. You know, maybe that was the reason. But it does seem a bit coincidental, doesn't it? It's, it's a little bit weird. But then again, isn't that what's weird about it, is that he lived in this haunted place for 30 years, probably one of the people purporting to see all these ghosts, and then he has a heart attack probably. after moving out and walking past the bloody hotel. I gotta say, I'm enjoying this story. Well, I'm glad you're having fun with it. Uh, just, I inserted this as a positive note, which might be interesting to you. Uh, Graham Nash was living there up to 968, the night Cass Elliot picked him up to go to a party, and that is where he met Stephen Stills and David Crosby, hence the birth of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. No way. Exactly, yeah. So there you go. i got to say, the more you talk, I'm shocked I've never heard of this place. Knickerbocker's a fun spot. Um, as for the ghost of the Knickerbocker, Rudolph Valentino is still said to haunt the bar. The silent film star's ghost has somehow managed to appear... Sorry, I say still. He was reportedly said it's no longer a hotel. I'll get to that in a minute. 
but he's okay. still was often seen to have haunted the bar. Um, somehow managed to appear in many Hollywood locations, including the Alexandria Hotel, the Roosevelt Hotel, Montmartre Cafe, San Fernando Mission, and other places throughout Hollywood, Beverly Hills, and Dental Los Angeles. Rudolph Valentino seems to just haunt Hollywood Dude, in general. Around. Yeah. I, yeah, he's he's just honestly, I think he just he liked the town. And he decided to stick around there. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> Just have it a stroll. <laughs> Capital city. I mean, I've heard terrible things, but I'm sure he liked it. The smell of burnt cocaine is quite ubiquitous, I will say that much. Um, <clears throat> Marilyn Monroe supposedly hangs out in the ladies' room, and there have been a number of supposed other sightings. Mostly of her powdering her nose, though one guest reportedly saw her snorting what appeared to be a line of cocaine. Um, <clears throat> I need to interrupt you. Uh-huh. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you have never attended the ladies' bathroom. I mean, not as an attendant. You you haven't been. I've, you haven't had the pleasure. I have been in women's bathrooms, yes. Okay, so you know about the kind of cult that forms in there. What do you mean, the cult? You know, like, women and feminine people, all the folks who use the women's bathroom, they get together... And they, they trade items from their handbags and they compliment each other's outfits and they offer life advice and they shout, break up with him and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't need him on. It is it. my dream to get the ghost of Marilyn Monroe involved in like, my husband was so rude to me this morning. And then, you know, 10 strangers who are all applying lipstick. They're like, oh, you should fucking divorce that little bitch. And then Marilyn Monroe is there to offer her two cents. I mean, sounds great. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if you're going to have a serious feminine voice of wisdom, Marilyn Monroe is definitely the person you'd want to have behind you. She was a badass. Or as she had I, fucking experience, she had wisdom. I believe the she term you would use is she was a high flying bitch. It's not a term that I would use, but you used I'm it to describe Barbie. So I figured we could use it to describe Marilyn Monroe. Did I? You did, yeah. Good for me. Back in the Toys podcast, okay. all the way back in episode five, would you believe? Oh, how Has young that been we were! Yet? Yeah, that's out. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was reportedly also seen to be snorting a line of cocaine. During the late 1960s, the neighborhood had deteriorated and the hotel became a resident primarily for drug addicts and sex workers. Um, so who knows what they may have seen in the hallways when people say they've seen all these ghost figures yeah. and stuff. It could have been anything. Unfortunately, you're not able to go inside anymore um, because in 1970, the renovation project converted the hotel into housing for senior citizens. And I don't believe they allow the local engineers or tourists to come and hang out in the lobby anymore, unfortunately. That seems incredibly cruel. <clears throat> it is. but as To put senior citizens in the most haunted place on earth. Like, just remind them of the ever-looming prospect of death. My attitude is, how would they know? A lot of elderly people have their shit together. True. My granny is as sharp as a tack. Sure, mine is actually so both of mine sharp as attack, I will say. Um, but I think we can agree, Knickerbocker, probably one of the most haunted places in the world, at least. I mean, it beats awfully in my book. <clears throat> Before I get absolutely terrified, I will say that I've never been <laughs> inhabited by a ghost. I have, however, ingested several spirits in my time. Have you got a quiz for us? Haunted vagina. Live at the Hard Rock Cafe, 12th of August, 2022. <laughs> okay. Um, as you know, my favourite quizzes are real or fake, true or false, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So this week we're going to do friendly or not. <laughs> is, it, is it based on your opinion or is there some sort of fact to play here? Um, <clears throat> it's based on interpretation of the text. <laughs> okay. Let's go with that. Okay, let's try it. I'm not taking liberties, but I, I don't know if it's necessarily fact. Okay. Right. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Ah, oh, he's friendly. He's friendly. Well done. The Bell Witch. Not friendly. Not friendly. Very well done. The Bell Witch seemingly showed up on Bell's farm and uh, the farmer shot at her. So she proceeded to haunt and terrorise the family for generations. To be fair, she could have been friendly. She was just shot at the second she arrived, so... I mean... I wouldn't be friendly either in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary? Uh, not friendly. Not friendly at all? No. She was seemingly uh, Henry VIII's daughter, and she was in the habit of massacring Protestants, I think. She doesn't seem that bad. I mean, it, it depends on your perspective, doesn't it? Valid point. I don't think she was friendly in general. <laughs> no. Um, okay, right now you're three for three. The Ghost of Christmas Past. 
friendly. Friendly is correct. Those ghosts, they were, they were doing your man a solid service. They were like rehabilitating and grumpy old I was dude. thinking of it more this way, is that the ghost of Christmas past showed up and showed Scrooge why he had a horrible childhood. That's what Christmas mm-hmm. past did. Christmas present and Christmas future yeah. were the ones who were like, you're going to die and you've been such an <laughs> asshole. Whereas either one was like, this is why you're an but asshole. It you was had tough a tough time. Love. Yeah, I know. But I would say yeah, past like was friendly. friendly. It was just, all three of them were friendly. It's just that the other two had no choice but to be a bit harsh about it. Valid point. Happens. Can't enable Scrooge. Okay. Slimer. Oh, friendly. Forever? He didn't start off as friendly, but he became friendly. And I would say he's he's done more friendly than not friendly. Very well done. Not only have you gotten the right answer, you've also gotten the extra credit. <laughs> okay. Um, the Dulacon, also known as the Headless Horseman. Not friendly. Not friendly at all. Seemingly, he used a human spine as a whip to torture humans. That is the ultimate king fest. <laughs> Don't kink shame me. I didn't. Dr. Malcolm Crow. Not friendly. Oh, well wrong. Oh, really? Dr. Malcolm Crow was Bruce Willis's character in The Sixth Sense. Oh, damn it. He went around therapizing children like. He was sound out. No, he didn't. He went around as a ghost trying to treat this young boy who was seeing ghosts not knowing he was a ghost. He was unwittingly torturing this boy. But he was unwittingly. He didn't know. Have you seen The Sixth Sense? Let's get back to ghosts. <laughs> That's a no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the pretty red-haired girl that you matched on Tinder during the first lockdown? Not friendly. Not friendly. No. What happened to her? Ghosted you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Sam Wheat. Sam Wheat. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a type of beer. It does, doesn't it? Uh, friendly? Very friendly. One might even say overly friendly, because Sam Wheat is the ghost from the movie Ghost. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Ghost. Yeah. What? I mean, neither have I, but what? <laughs> it's just one of those ones I haven't seen. Danny Phantom. Oh, friendly. Very friendly. Yeah. Heroic, in fact. The logo for Snapchat. Not friendly. Mm-mm, not friendly. Big corporate. Kendall like. Jenner. What did Ken... You can tell me after. Sure. Um, and the last one, my personal favourite, the ghost in the bear costume. Friendly. Very friendly. At the end of The Shining, a ghost in a bear costume performs oral sex on a man in a tuxedo. I don't remember this cut of the Kubrick version. Neither did I, and then I read about it online, and I YouTubed it, and it exists. Okay, interesting. There you go. I think, did I count wrong? I think you got 11 out of 12. That's not bad. It's very, very good. Thank you very much. What a lovely quiz. Um, Is it that time where we pretend we've run out of stuff to talk about? No, it's the time when you ask my permission to speak. I'm not going to ask permission, I'm just going to go for it, is it okay? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Cool. I've always thought that ghosts were a manifestation of our own inner turmoil. A collective myth created by the human mind in order to reconcile why it spent so much of its life cycle meditating on its own existence, when it will inevitably one day die. Ghosts are in part just the longing each of us has in some deep corner of our souls for there to be something more to this world, something better, something after. Existence is in essence perpetual suffering broken up by moments of joy, contentment and pasta. Indeed, aren't we all, in some weird way, just trying to get to our next day of pasta? So in saying someone believes in ghosts, they're probably telling you that they are an existential type. Someone wistful for the great unknown, someone who contemplates life beyond the physical plane, or someone who's just plain weird. I'm not saying that I believe in ghosts, but there was a moment earlier this week when I was lying down to go to sleep. It may have been the beginning of a dream, but the picture was so clear to me that I have decent reason to be suspicious. I was lying down in my bed, staring up at the ceiling, when a ball of celestial light formed in the centre of my line of vision. The ball spun in place for a moment before moving quickly around in a circuit, flashing pink and white bright hues off of my wall. The light had begun to make a somewhat humanoid shape, 
and though it did not appear to have any eyes, I felt as if it was looking straight into mine. The entity addressed me by name, and I responded silently. It told me not to worry, that the vaccine was going to work, that life would eventually get back to normal, and that Liverpool still might win the Premiership next year. Oh, not this again. They might do. I tried to ask further details, but every time I tried to speak, one of its limbs would break off in a beam to silence me. It told me that I was to live a long life, at least another 50 years. All of this was comforting. Knowing I had much more time left was something to feel joy about, but then the investigative thoughts interrupted. How did this particular entity know so much about me? Why did it seem to know the future, and not just the past? If this was the remaining spirit of someone who had already passed away, how could it possibly have such a vast knowledge on future events? In the middle of this entity's speech on what President Harris's second term was going to look like, I managed to break free of its grip and flee to the other side of the room. Three beams shot forth from what I thought was its arm and held me against a wall. Who are you? I managed to scream before a beam of light covered my mouth and pinned me against the wall. It was then that the entity began to tell me about my future life. I had apparently passed away in the year 2073, the first casualty during the invasion of the dimensional waffle monsters. It explained in great detail the events of the next 30 years, and I made sure to note them down because I knew. I knew deep in my soul that with this podcast I had the tool needed to spread the prophecy to all those that mattered. The entity produced a book made entirely of energy from what appeared to be some sort of pocket. He mentioned that he was lucky he was a man, as female ghosts were unable to do this. He told me that this book was his diary from the future, in which he kept scraps of newspapers of important world events. February 12th, 2047. The planet is healing. COVID-44 only affected the gingers. We worried it may also affect the blondes, but they appear to be merely carriers, not sufferers. Word from the Gulf of Mexico is that Cthulhu has retreated back into the Caribbean Sea. Sure, he managed to claim the lives of over 22 million people, but 21.9 million of them were just the population of Florida, a statistic that achieved a resounding round of applause on the Senate floor, even from the Florida representatives. Cthulhu was apparently soothed back into his eternal slover by 15-year-old Alexandria Ocasio, a girl of Irish and American descent, and her SpongeBob ukulele that was gifted to her by her uncle last Christmas. July 15th, 2052. The Treaty of the U.S. Separatists was signed today in Washington by President Head of Bernie Sanders and Supreme Leader Kid Rock. (laughs) The treaty agrees that all states east of Georgia and west of Texas will now be controlled by the U.S. government, while all states more than 50 miles from water will be under the rule of Supreme Leader Rock and his band of hair metal motorcycle gangs. President Head of Bernie Sanders immediately ordered that a wall be built around the blue state majority and that it will be named the Mander Wall after Republican political figure Jerry Mander. Both government parties seemed uncaring of what to do with the Florida landmass. August 22nd, 2057. Keith Richards dies. <laughs> August 23rd, 2057. Betty White dies. Chase. August 24th, 2057. The world still reels from the discovery that Keith Richards was in fact the last Horcrux that needed to be destroyed in order for (laughs) Betty White to pass on peacefully. September 1st, 2073. Dear Diary, I know I've mostly posted newspaper clippings for the past few decades, but I decided to add a personal touch given the magnitude of what's about to happen. You see, 52 years ago, I was visited by a ghostly spirit that trapped me in my room. He told me of many interesting future events that will take place and stirred in me a great desire for innovation and exploration. Unfortunately, when this happened, we were in lockdown and the only tools I had at my disposal for research was my kitchen pantry, a captured ghost, some whiskey and a waffle iron. It's been five decades, but I've managed to harness the energy of the ghost power, but only through wiring it up to the waffle iron to the interdimensional matter perambulator. There's a 32% chance that this experiment may create some sort of sentient matter out of whatever remains in the waffle iron. But sure, what science without just a bit of risk? Anyway, my experiment begins in exactly... I had had enough. I managed to get one of my smelly socks free and throw it into the ghost's face. I then quickly dumped out the pickle jar I keep by my bed into and sealed the ghost inside. I then set up my interdimensional nightlight in the corner of the room opened my copy of the National Enquirer and began snacking on the delicious floor pickles. Thank you very much (laughs) and we'll talk to you next week. Not even in a monologue. Not even as a joke. 
we don't talk about Betty like that. <laughs> it's done. Thank you for joining us.